jinkies. Oh, what's that gross book made out of skin? It's not a book. It's a tome made out of skin. Ew. What's it say? Behold the collected apocrypha of Stacy Ponder, the writer for Final Girl. And Anthony Hudson, the programmer for Queer Horror. And together they are... Oh my god! Don't read it out loud! Don't read it out It's still October, in case you haven't looked at a calendar recently. How is this happening? It is it is middle of October already. Also only. Only. I haven't even decorated my house yet for Halloween. I've never done this before. Like, usually I decorate, like, the second August hits or September at the latest. Mm. It's mid-October. I haven't done shit. This whole month is getting away from me. Me too. All the days are getting away from me. I'm just frantically running through a pumpkin patch just trying to find a single jack-o'-lantern to to take me home. Yeah. Same. I'm still doing all the posts and I just feel myself decaying uh, (laughs) mentally and physically. This is absolutely true. The other day I thought I'm going to go out and get some food. And so I put on my socks, put on my shoe. I got one shoe on and I thought to myself, something doesn't feel right. And I realized I had not put on pants. So I was (laughs) in underwear, socks, and one shoe. (laughs) So you went out to the store. So I went out to the store and everything was fine. (laughs) I even got a discount. Oh, wow. (laughs) Poor her. Yeah, poor her. Let's give her a discount. (laughs) On the toast. toast (laughs) Another loaf of bread, Miss P. You got it, Charlie. (laughs) Poor thing. She's been coming in here for years without pants. (laughs) I don't think she knows. We don't have the nerve to tell her. We're finally doing it, Stacey. After after how many how many like months on this show did we spend mocking this film and always bringing this film in particular up as like the thing we were never interested in watching? I know. And then I had to have that epiphany off air. We recorded whatever episode it was. <laughs> I pr- we pressed stop and continued to talk as we do, and all of a sudden I had an epiphany. And I should have just hit record again because really it was really have. a moment. It was a it moment. Was, it was one of the most memorable <laughs> instances <laughs> of this podcast and it didn't even happen on air. Where I realized that everything I hated about Annabelle <laughs> was actually everything I loved about her and wanted to be. And it, it Annabelle is life goals. Annabelle is absolutely life goals. She's <laughs> the misandrist, heterophobic icon that we need in these trying times. Isn't she? The downside to all of this, and the reason why I'm doing this episode a little bit under duress, I will admit. <laughs> the downside to this is that her three films... <laughs> Are terrible. <laughs> They're absolutely terrible. I had seen the first one and the second one. 
I said no thank you. The third one, the new one that just came out on uh, home video, Annabelle Comes Home. You yourself, you saw it at the theater and you said, it's not good. She's hardly in it. <laughs> but I'm going to watch it again. <laughs> and so in the middle of my Shocktober madness, as we're planning this show, I say, Anthony, <laughs> do we have to? Three films that are terrible. I'm so stressed out. I forgot to put on pants. <laughs> You're already posting about Suspiria every day and watching an additional <laughs> film every single day. And then I tell you we have to watch the three awful doll movies where nothing happens. Yeah. So here we are. And I will admit to all of you right now, listeners, and to Anthony, who's also listening, I only watched the new one. <gasps> Stacy, it hadn't been that it hadn't been that long since I had seen the other two. I remember them. I read a synopsis, and I feel like it's the best decision I've made for myself in quite some time. <laughs> because believe you me, spending six dollars. Do you know what I could buy with six dollars? Do you know how much toast I could buy? That's like at least twelve pieces of toast, right? Yeah, at least. Not with avocado on it, though. That's like a, That's a down payment towards it. <laughs> spending six dollars to rent annabelle comes home is <laughs> one of the biggest wastes of six dollars <laughs> i've ever wasted in my life and i've wasted six dollars many times over my friend it is fucking two, terrible <laughs> two fucking hours where nothing happens people walk so fucking slowly Around a dark room and maybe say hello and <laughs> nothing happens. It is one of the worst movies I've seen in recent memory. And that recent memory includes The Nun. Or the first, the first 45 minutes of The Nun, I should say. Yeah, that you watched. <laughs> I hated this movie. <laughs> the very first line in this movie is Ed Warren, Patrick Wilson says, and I quote, it was a big mistake acknowledging this doll. And I couldn't I couldn't help but feel like he took the words directly from my brain. He was your Metatron. He was the voice of Ponder in that moment. Yeah, I feel like that was my big mistake. <laughs> And now I'm paying the price for it. <laughs> Listen, you you brought this doll home, Stacy, and much like much like in the acclaimed films of all three films in this trilogy, uh, she is now wreaking havoc on your life. And not doing anything. She's just is she's she? just moving. She's there. not doing anything. She's not doing anything. They tell it like three films. Three films that have come out within like twenty minutes of each other. We're not talking about a storied franchise that's taken place over four decades, where maybe the history will get a little confused. No, this is three films that have all come out in the last week and a fucking half. And yet they cannot keep her origins or what she is or what she does 
straight. <laughs> yeah, it's was she uh, was she a possessed hippie that then possessed a doll? Was she a little girl who possessed a doll and then also turned into that hippie? Was she a dead little girl before that hippie had the doll? Was she a demon pretending to be a little girl pretending to be a dead hippie? It's just, at the end of the first film, they talk about, like, let's just fucking destroy this doll. And someone says, you cannot destroy what was never created. (laughs) And then the next film is called Annabelle Creation. (laughs) It is some deep trolling. Don't you at least admire that? (laughs) Is it trolling or is it just ineptitude? (laughs) Well... Six of one half. <laughs> it's like, okay, so she's possessed. Well, no, no. Now Lorraine Warren is telling us she can't be possessed. She's just a conduit. Then it's, well, she's not a conduit. She's just a beacon. Well, what the fuck is she? <laughs> Annabelle. What does she do? What do any of us do? What is happening? Annabelle is an enigma, and she is a mirror pointing back at yourself, you know? She's making us question all of our identities and how we fall into this world. How I see. And she is just looking for a rocking chair to, to lounge in, and that's what we all need to find. Where is our own rocking chair to lounge in? You know? She sits in a series of rocking chairs like a fucking loaf of bread in a dress. Who? Why does everyone have so many goddamn rocking chairs in these movies? What rocking I chair mean, industrial complex God. is benefiting from this product placement? <laughs> Big rocking chair is on the payroll. Here. Big rocking chair. <laughs> Yo, Elizabeth Warren and Maxine Waters are taking them down next. <laughs> yeah. She has a plan for that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and so on the one hand, I do say, you you know, oh, I love that Annabelle who doesn't do anything and yet wreaks so much havoc and destroys all these white bread heteronormative families. And now she in Annabelle comes home, they say, oh, she's a beacon. And so what Annabelle has to do everybody's emotional labor? Is that what that means? <laughs> But then I realize I'm doing all the work that Annabelle's not doing. These movies are so bad. And they mean that nothing. I, they mean absolutely nothing. And yet I, there I am like, oh, look at her, you know, bucking conventional beauty standards. <laughs> She's, She's so just gross. <laughs> I mean, I still believe that i want to believe that but this movie really this new one annabelle comes home really just it's terrible right it's terrible is it even an annabelle movie i don't think so i don't know what the fuck it is it's literally just people walk around and go hello or take 20 minutes to answer the door when we all know it's just the fucking pizza that you ordered. Like, there's nothing scary here. Like, oh, the phone is ringing. Someone's going to look at the phone for 15 minutes. Oh, a, a bell is ringing. Because maybe it's a oh. ghost calling me. Some macrame is swaying in the wind. <laughs> I just feel like I've seen this movie so many times before in the snippets of every Conjuring movie, universe movie that I've seen. Here's what I will say about Annabelle Comes Home. So the I, I do think I, I am I derive a sadistic pleasure from the first two films. Um, I will say, actually, I, I disagree with you. I, I have to say two out of three ain't good. 
And I, the I, second I, one is tolerable, I find. I do. I ha- uh, last night upon. Well, okay. So I did. I confess, I didn't really watch them either. Like I just watched <laughs> Annabelle. <them, so. laughs> but last night, last night I did put on the first acclaimed film, 2014's Annabelle. Um, and I, I sat on my phone and texted throughout the entire thing and paid no attention to it whatsoever. And then I put on the second film and I, I was, I had, I I paid some attention to it and I was really creeped out by some parts and really enjoy parts of it. And then I fell asleep and I have no idea what happened after like the midway (laughs) point. But this third film, like it doesn't, it has... There's no even attempts at suspense no. or creepiness. Or plot. It's just, or plot. It's just all lighting and set design and, like, a night at the museum meets, like, Annabelle becomes a fulcrum to, like, the the greatest hits of the Warren collection, right? Of the spooky museum. Like, Like, like okay, it. here's the thing. Okay, so Annabelle gets out of her protective Pope glass fucking case. <laughs> Annabelle falling out of that case is pretty funny. (laughs) (laughs) And then all the other things in the Warren Museum wreak havoc. And it's like, well, why are all the other things sealed away then if there's no danger of anything happening with them unless Annabelle is there to inspire them? Yes. And a bunch of fucking ding-dongs end up, like, breaking in and walking around and then nothing happens to any of them because they're all 12 and nothing's going to happen to them anyway. The end. Well, no, Six dollars poorer. One of them got stabbed and then it turned out that was actually a ghost vision and she didn't get stabbed. Right. Well, that's and then she got And somebody else broke his, on. broke his guitar. The stakes oh, yeah. oh, are no. so high. That chicken died. <laughs> you don't want to talk about that dead chicken. I, well, maybe Stacey. I missed the dead chicken because I was too busy Googling, do they sell Charles chips in stores? <laughs> because I saw cans of Charles chips in this movie and I wasn't sure. <laughs> Charles chips? Yeah, they come in the tin. Is this like your Goya beans? <laughs> Chips in a tin? Yeah, that's the thing. It was this weird chip thing where you would order them from a delivery person. uh, And you would get a tin full of potato chips, Charles chips. And in this movie, they were in the grocery store and there were tins of Charles chips on the shelves. And I thought, huh, did they sell them in stores? And I Googled. And first of all, Charles chips is still in business. Second of all... They do sell them in a few select stores. There you oh. go. There you go. Are I guess you I guess this movie chips? No, of course not. Why wouldn't I just go to 7-Eleven and get any chip that they have? Yeah, just one chip. I don't <laughs> just the one, please. I'm watching my figure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I guess this movie was good for something. Now I knew something I never cared about before. The end. <laughs> And that's our review of Annabelle Comes Home. (laughs) I feel so angry today. Uh, It is a very, it is a profoundly useless movie. And I think what, what really upsets me about this Annabelle film is that, I mean, at least like, I mean, the first one, everyone's obsessed with the, like, they get the doll, right? It's the most milquetoast couple in the universe. Like, the, you, they couldn't have cast more boring white people to play Ugh. this, like, 
perfect, not even Christian, but wholesome couple. They're nice. Where they're so nice. And I saw that. I did see the guy in Annabelle, the um, husband, Gary Horton or Ward Horton or whatever. I saw him on Broadway in Torch Song Trilogy. And he's he just is that guy. Like, he mm. just plays, like, nice, smiley guy with, like, a kind of an underbite, nice milk toast white guy. Like, oh, he's cute, but he also looks like he's going to, he wears the Mormon underwear and he's going to come sell you Bibles or, or Watchtower magazines or something, right? <laughs> so it's just, like, this boring-ass couple, you know, they get they get the doll, and it's, like, a, a, a litany of hilarious moments, like her putting the doll. <laughs> <laughs> up on the shelf with all the other dolls and be like she fits right in she's so beautiful and she just towers over everyone else as this hideous malignant entity surrounded by homo figurines so there's you know there's there's a weird annabelle centric joy of that alfrey woodward shows up for no reason yeah just and is way yeah so much classier than anybody else in that film is totally in a different movie and then just sacrifices herself on a whim so these white this white couple can survive (laughs) oh my god (laughs) nothing has ever been more beautiful than alfred woodford holding an annabelle doll (laughs) and just falling to her death That's a metaphor for something. What's even better is it didn't even matter. It didn't work. We have two more movies. Yeah, Alfred Woodward did it for nothing. She did it for Justice nothing. Justice for Alfred. Yeah. Justice for Alfred. And then Annabelle crea- uh, Creation shows up, right? And they're like, okay, here's a hot nun. Here's like some really likable um, young female characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's a creepy setting. Here's Miranda Otto as the Phantom of the Otto. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hands down, best part of that movie is Miranda Otto without legs crawling around on a wall. (laughs) (laughs) Like, what the hell? And there's there's Annabelle hijinks aplenty. You know, the doll sits in a room in a box with a chair. Um, The doll gets thrown in a well. So so stuff happens with Annabelle. In this fucking film, in Annabelle Comes Home, which is not even... It's not even Annabelle comes out, which it should be, because she, she is gay. We know this. She and Beth and every other woman we've ever seen in any movie ever, she's gay. Annabelle comes out. No, Annabelle comes home. And what a boring ass fucking homecoming. It, that's the thing is like we have reviewed bad movies on this show before. Like yeah. the new the new pet cemetery or Halloween resurrection or something like that. Annabelle comes home felt l- insulting to me because it was just a waste of fucking time. They and they use Annabelle to their own mis- mischievous malignant ends. Yeah, where we don't. There's like there's what like five shots of Annabelle. You see her fall out of the chair. That's funny. But other than that, the whole goddamn movie is just all these other dum-dums that nobody cares about yeah it just it was Anna, a, a cash in a conduit on she's a conduit and so oh yeah. all the other warren cases that you've never heard of now there's a ghost and it's from that case over there and there's oh there's a lady in a bridal gown she's from that case you know the demonic thing with the bridal gown right yeah you remember that one mm-hmm. and it's just that's all that happens and it just takes place in the warren house and it's like there's just there's no tension there's no actual plot it's just uh, someone is babysitting the warren's kid and her friend comes over and snoops and oh no she unlocks annabelle and all of this stuff happens and it's just pointless and slow for no reason it's almost two fucking hours which is ridiculous it is a really long goddamn movie 
it's way too long. Uh, nothing happened. And I just felt like it was deliberately wasting my time. Whereas yep. at least Halloween Resurrection, like, it's just bad. You know what I mean? Like, they tried something and failed miserably. But it was just bad. Whereas this just felt like I felt duped by it. <laughs> Not that I was expecting anything good, but I just felt like it was the movie was laughing at me because it got my six dollars and two hours of my ever shortening life. Yeah, yeah. It this is and duped is the word. It's like I felt like like Oprah when that a thousand million little pieces guy came on her show and <laughs> and personally lied to Oprah with his memoir, which memoir is all reconstructed and fake anyway. So really, Oprah, you freaked out that much. But like, <laughs> I feel like Oprah and I need it. I need not Annabelle, but I need James Wan to come sit on my chair in my. Oh, I actually like that scenario. He's kind of cute. I want James Wan to come sit in my house and talk Australian to me. I got distracted. Yeah, I'll accent. let you continue this. Go ahead. <laughs> I want him to explain to me. And then we take a bath call- together. And- <laughs> like sisters. I want to know how how do you how can you make a film called Annabelle and then just exploit her so that you can launch how many different Conjuring Universe spinoffs with this one film? Because right. now you got the the Hellhound or the Black Shirk or whatever it's called. You got the the possessed wedding dress that makes people kill. You have the Fairy Man. You have um, <laughs> Feely Mealy. The board Jesus game. Christ! A fucking board game. <laughs> the haunted board game that you stick your hand inside. Although I will say, I did immediately do an eBay search on Feely Mealy because it looks kind of cool. But a hundred and ninety dollars or oh something God. for that. Am I willing to pay that? Probably. Now I realize Annabelle creation, yes, there was a hot nun. We cannot escape the Christianity here. The Catholicism. But this one especially, it's just, I'm not into the whole God thing. And it's so Jesus heavy. All of these films are so, like... Like well, I mean, actually, Annabelle too. I think is creepy, but the first one, the first one too, is so milk toast Jesus. Yeah, it's so like, like born again Christian bullshit, and that doesn't sit well with me. And it also doesn't sit well with me that these films, ever since The Conjuring, are just legitimizing Ed and Lorraine Warren, <laughs> who are crazy people, <laughs> who were crazy con artists. Like I gonna... do love Lorraine Warren. Um, and I, I did shed a little tear when I saw the in memory of Lorraine Warren at the end. Cause I, I don't know, part of me has a soft spot for her, but they were totally nut job con artists. You're right. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, this film doesn't address that in any way. It's just, it's all treated at face value. And it's like, you're basing this on real people who did these real things rather than just making up your own mythology. Yeah. And if you want to see some fucked up shit, I mean, to just look at the Warrens and, like, kind of how complicit they are with, uh, as con artists, like, look at this movie, My Amityville Horror, which I think I've talked about a couple times on the show. But it follows the youngest Lutz kid who is now grown up, and he is, like, severely traumatized. <laughs> and he le- legitimately believed that the house was haunted, that Amityville was haunted, and all this stuff. He has all these, like, false memories from the stories his parents would tell on the media. And he goes and he visits Lorraine Warren. It's clear he's, like, dealing with some kind of emotional or, like, drug issue or something. He goes and he visits Lorraine Warren. And she totally validates everything. 
Like, she's like, oh, it was the spirits and blah, blah, blah. And, like, she's really sweet to him. It's clear that they have a relationship. And it's actually really kind of nice to watch because they're just two buds that, they're, like, the only two people at this point that can really understand each other and what they've been through. Uh, And she has chickens just roaming in her kitchen because she's (laughs) a crazy old lady now. But, yeah, she's, like, just complicit with it and totally doesn't, like, challenge his memories or tell him, like, oh, yeah, that was a hoax we all made up. Right. Like, oh, she just allows him to continue to live this totally fucked up life, believing that his house was, like, super haunted and his parents weren't just abusive, that they were actually possessed or haunted or whatever. You know, it's weird. It's, like, it's kind of messed up. Yeah. <laughs> there, are, there are real lives that were affected. Right. And so I guess that's just, I don't know, because I wasn't entertained by this film, I just got irritated about all that stuff. Yeah. The thing with The Conjuring is, like, I... I and I, I have expressed I do like the f- the first Conjuring. I think the extreme Christian, like, oh, it's a demon and the Christian stuff and all that works in that movie just because it's trying so hard to be this, like, kind of retro throwback. Uh, that that's like that just it brings up that vibe of the 70s and Ed Lorraine Warren and all that stuff. It makes it kind of spooky here and there. So I think it works with the Conjuring. But, like, in these, it's just so hitting you over the face with just pretty white people and God and Jesus and crucifixes. Right. Even why, why in this movie when they're in like towards the climax, when the demon, because Annabelle is also a a hippie, a dead little girl, a doll and a demon. (laughs) When, (laughs) when Annabelle, the demon is coming after little McKenna Grace as Judy Warren, uh, and she grabs the crucifix. Why is there a, uh, is that a haunted crucifix in the occult room? Why is that? Why is why is it there? <laughs> Which brings me to the one thing I do love about this movie is the set dressing. That interior is fantastic. Yeah, it is just a sea of macrame and color glass and, and shag and rugs, and, yeah. shag rugs and and wood paneling and those weird railings everywhere. There's no who knows why. <laughs> yeah. There's so many railings everywhere. <laughs> It's so true. I will say the set design is fantastic in this movie. <laughs> right. It's true. And it I... is it is the 70s ranch home that I've always wanted to live in. I mean, when you're dealing with demons and possessions, like these movies always turn to, you know, Christianity as the way to save the day. Like that's so that to me is expected. But I think it just ties into Ed and Lorraine Warren who like the reason why they were so Christian and blah, blah, like they were tapping into the fucking satanic panic bullshit that was going around. And oh, how absolutely. Everybody, they just took advantage of that. And so like, that's why these are so overtly religious. Yeah. And it's that same thing like Ouija boards or you play with Ouija board, you're going to best bad the devil. Yeah. Don't play Dungeons and Dragons because who knows what you could summon. And it's just like, so for these to just like be legitimizing all of that without any commentary on it just really irritates me yeah yeah it's kind of like i don't know it's like the kind of disagreements i've seen with and had with people about house of the devil and how like house of the devil has that like this is based on true facts which people are like oh well that's validating satanic panic and i'm like i don't know i think it's kind of different Mm. i i think in that instance with house of the devil it's like it's it's just it's playing on a throwback to to that era um, and kind of lampooning it in a way. Whereas this, it's just reinforcing it, like, without even questioning it. Right. Because you're like telling, they're... these are the Warrens' stories. Yeah. But then 
then even then they don't get their shit together because like why do they got tarot cards all over the house i don't believe yeah why are you why are you putting a tarot card on annabelle's case what is that gonna do yeah and a tarot card on the door to the occult museum which i also love how like granted the occult museum did help form my interior design aesthetic which my own personal interior design aesthetic is like what would grandma's house look like if grandma was also a satanist (laughs) and like i've got symbol monkeys and haunted i like i love haunted looking objects and things so i just have all these creepy ass old antiques everywhere and i love that look but the occult museum in these films uh, as described as the occult museum where they keep all the haunted ephemera collected from each case that they've that the warrens have encountered like is so cool but if you watch any footage of the haunted museum or the occult museum of theirs in real life on like youtube or in miamiville horror it's literally just a spencer's gifts like you walk by and the animatronic um motion activated gargoyle like its eyes light up and turn red like it's just so stupid and it's like once again that's the reality versus this like super aestheticized like glamorous milk toast christian uh moment moment (laughs) right I don't know. Yeah, it's very, it's so like, especially with this one, and I think the first one too, because I do still like the second one. I think it's, there. it's so like Christian Brady Bunch, but not like cool Brady Bunch, like Jan going nuts in the, in the reboot movie. <laughs> like, ABC Family meets, presents Annabelle, you know? <laughs> and it's just upsetting to me. Yeah, it just doesn't do anything for me. Also, there's, like, zero tension for all those setups of all those monsters and, like, weird things. So poorly made. There's and no suspense or tension. No suspense whatsoever. And there's what the f- more in one episode of Marianne than there is in all three of these movies. Oh, my God. That first fucking episode. I still need to watch the rest of the series, but that first episode. Like, I was so traumatized I haven't picked it back up. Cause that, yeah. When the guy's turning over and his face is all scary. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god, I freaked out. But in this, they're like, feely mealy. <laughs> Parker Brothers. Yeah, now it's just, I'm going to take 20 minutes to answer the door. Yeah, or Repeatedly. like, they take sleep. Yeah, they, or the, 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 like, they, it's weird what they do zero in on. Like, like, um, what is that? What is that? <laughs> the, the TV set? god <laughs> which i honestly am like is that a tribute or is that like a reference to bruce nauman's hallway or monitor art piece like either of those where like you walk through you know you walk into the installation and then you see like a delayed video of yourself walking because oh. that's all it was it was just a bruce right. nauman art piece as a haunted object in the warren museum <laughs> but like why do they spend so much time on this haunted tv which does nothing except just show her screaming in it yeah, and, and but then they take something like, like in the Conjuring, in the initial Conjuring, as like, oh, I wonder what the story is with that samurai suit, and then right. they never actually do anything with that. Like they just have it stand in a hallway, and then it like turns its helmet towards her. But they don't have it do anything else. They spend more time with fucking Feely Mealy or the Bruce Nauman's hallway monitor TV set than they do with like that that cool setup. Oh, it's just terrible. Yeah, it's a whole thing. It's a whole terrible thing. I'm sorry, listeners. I know I'm cranky today, but this movie made me cranky. <laughs> it did. I was so angry at it. I love that we didn't even do a synopsis for <laughs> for any of them. No. no. I mean, everyone knows what they're about. Yeah. 
A doll shows up, nothing happens, and then <laughs> nothing happens. <laughs> That's all. I just, I don't even feel like giving a synopsis. That's how angry I am at it. It doesn't deserve I, the time. I love in the beginning when they're like, they bring Annabelle home. And because, you know, that's what this movie is about, right? Because it's in the title and Jennifer Jason Lee says it at the, <laughs> in the car ride home when her ghost shows up. But like they bring Annabelle to the house. They put her they put her in the rocking chair in the museum and they just sit and stare at her like the Warrens and this priest. And then after staring at it for a while, Lorraine Warren just goes, we need another barrier of protection, a holy one. And the priest is like, hmm, I agree. And then then Patrick Wilson as Ed Warren is like, oh, well, we do have that that Jesus glass that we had from that church. And then like the next scene they have constructed within a matter of minutes, this like elaborate Jesus church glass case. With a sign on it that's all fucking calligraphy and everything and all fancy instantly on the spot in the same night and then okay the evil is contained (laughs) like like here if this is not an actual museum right it's all locked up they're not parading people around down there and charging them five dollars to go in why do you need all this the sign why not put a fucking blanket over the case so no one has to look at annabelle's face anymore yeah why not put all of these things in boxes yeah put a blanket on her and treat her like it's a um treat her like she's a parrot trick her it's nighttime (laughs) she'll go to sleep she'll get tight tight that's right she'll just rock Uh. herself to sleep yeah well i mean but that's the thing is isn't the fact that the warrens have this occult museum haunted display like isn't that pointing to the fact that rather than like bury these items or just get rid of them or burn them or whatever that it's just something to capitalize on because maybe mm-hmm. they aren't actually these occult mystery Scooby-Doo people and maybe they're just venture capitalists from before we had, like, um, uh, Facebook ads, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah, well, anytime anybody's like, well, why don't you just destroy it? Well, I wouldn't do it any good. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, then. Never mind. You better put it on display somewhere <laughs> where your child can get to it. Yeah. Well, because you, you know it's a demon. It's a de- it's been touched by right. a demon. Yeah. I love how I love how versed in all of these films, everyone is so well versed in demons. Like someone says, "Oh, well, it's a it's not a it's not a ghost. It's a demon." And then another person goes, "An inhuman entity which was never born or created." And they go, "Oh, yes, the inhuman entity that it needs a soul and a body." And blah blah blah. Why does everyone know so much shit about demons? And what is it? How fucking inept is this demon? They shouldn't even be afraid of it at this point because every movie, the demon needs a soul. <laughs> the demon can't just get a fucking soul. <laughs> it's like first he's in the doll, maybe, and then he's in the child, and then he's in the doll again, and then he's in the dirty hippie, and then the dirty hippie <laughs> blood goes in the doll, and now he's in the doll again. But it's and only from a child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's this fucking pyramid scheme bullshit. And well, that's that's the satanic pyramid scheme we've been talking about. <sighs> Those Satanists need to take a fucking business class. Instead, they're just so obsessed with these occult cryptic flow charts that go to nowhere. Didn't it get Alfre Woodard's soul? Wasn't that the point of the first film? She yes. was giving up her soul so that white bread could continue to white bread. Right. And so Alfre Woodward, Alfre Woodward, like, 
she gives up her soul, she dies. Uh, uh, and, and because she wants to go back and see her daughter again, right? Because her daughter, like, <sighs> died, and she almost killed herself, but then she realized that would be, like, a sin, so she didn't do it. So then she killed herself with a doll to give her soul to the <laughs> devil. <laughs> And that means she's going to be reunited with her daughter. Yeah, what? Why would she do that? Just so this fucking milquetoast fishwife can live on? Like, what? <laughs> and then, and then, and then the next step in the timeline, right? Because that was before the doll ended up with the nurses who then gave the doll to the Warrens. So then the, the this family, like, what? They pick up the doll from Alfrey Woodward's dead corpse. <laughs> they just put it in a gift shop somewhere? Right. And then a lady shows up and is like, oh, my daughter's been wanting this. This will be perfect for her. This awful, bloody <laughs> with bits of Alfrey Woodward brain matter just, like, <laughs> decorating it. The nurses are like, oh, she's sweet. She's cute. Oh, she's leaving us notes in crayon. Oh, my God. What is happening? They give it to the Warrens. The Warrens have it. And then Annabelle, even though she got that soul, she's still not, she's not content. Oh, this is like a metaphor for something, actually. I see. She'll never be satisfied, right? Like, she's she's always trying, even, like, that's internal toxicity. Like, she is it's a meta- herself. It's a metaphor for the fucking Conjuring movies and all these <laughs> bullshit spinoffs. They're never satisfied. They're going to suck the soul out of all of us repeatedly with some next <laughs> shitty installment. You think, didn't I give enough? Didn't I give you my six dollars? What more do you want from me? You haven't even told a story. And next thing you know, Annabelle is also over there. But it's some other shitty fucking movie. Also, why, like, while I, while I respect the, the design of the house, and I thought the, that interior design was just marvelous, and I want to live in that house. Like, I want that house transplanted to Palm Springs and then me in a caftan in Palm Springs in that house and that's how I will die <laughs> I need that but like besides that everything for the all this production design like because the movie I mean it's it's nice to look at there's no suspense or anything but it's well visually crafted but to that same end why all of these films have this problem, except also I think the second one still does it okay, but all the two other films, the first one and this one, why can they not make anything look period? Right. Like, all of these people are, like, gorgeous CW people, like, with modern haircuts, pretending it's 19, it's vaguely 1970s something. Mm-hmm. Or, like, Annabelle, it's supposed to be, like, the 60s. Because people I'll... weren't as attractive back then, you know? And no one wants to see anybody who's not the ideal Hollywood beauty. But especially watching Annabelle, like, the first one, I'm like, Alfre Woodward, like, might as well be, like, in a modern-day film. Yeah. Like, like, nothing about this says period to me. It looks, it looks completely contemporary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're like, put in an old sewing machine and have show a record and a rocking player so people know it's old. Yeah. Meanwhile, they smile and their teeth are all, like, have been whitened every day for the last <laughs> yeah. 50 years. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, well. Oh, I just well. don't understand. I don't understand how they tr- how they fail so hard at making everything, period. It doesn't make any sense to me. House of the Devil, bringing that movie back up, did it so well. Mm-hmm. It looked, period. Mm-hmm. You watch it and you're like, oh, there's Mary Warrenov today. There's um, Greta Gerwig 
but I am going to believe that this is a film from the 1980s because it fuck they made it look like it. Mm-hmm. Well, they're not. These aren't filmed in. You know, you look at something like oh, I don't know, Suspiria, that takes place in 1977. And there are snap zooms and, you know, all of these other filmmaking techniques of that era. Oh, stylistic trappings of the time. Stylistic trappings of the time. And that's what Ty West did so well in House of the Devil. Yeah. That's what does not happen on any level in any of these movies. Yeah. And that's like what's happening with um, The Lighthouse coming up. It's like he was using the actual technology and the actual equipment from the time that he's trying to evoke. It's Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the remake. Oh, no. Look, we put in a Leonard Skinner tape. It's totally 1974. (laughs) Can't you tell? Like that's all it is like yeah so you have a shag rug and you know somebody the props department went crazy and did a really good job but it doesn't feel like it's of that era whatsoever yeah yeah also my other gripe with this movie is i really like mckenna grace who plays judy warren in this um she is so fucking boring in this movie and doesn't get to do anything except be like sullen christian child Mm-hmm. Like in Hill House, in the Hill House thing, which you weren't so hot, so hot over, but like we both dialed into her and in her episode where she was the sullen gay child. Right. And she was fantastic as sullen gay child. But in this, she's just sullen Christian child doesn't have a sing doesn't have anything as a character, except she says the same thing her mom said because she's psychic. So now she says the evil is contained. That's all she gets to do. Yeah. How did they waste her so hard? They wasted everybody. This movie was so boring and so bad. I hated it. Yeah, it really sucks. It really sucks. I hope they do a fourth Annabelle, and I will see it in the (laughs) (laughs) theater. I'll keep coming back. Wow. I just hope they do an ultimate Annabelle where they don't do this, like, night of the museum here's how we're gonna launch a hundred spinoffs. This is the ship that launched a thousand spinoffs. Like, just do, just do a full-on Annabelle the right way. What is just, the right way? She doesn't do anything. It's hot nuns. It's levitating dolls. It's rocking chairs. Miranda Otto <laughs> just crawling on everything. Like, throw in, throw in some hair metal. Like, Annabelle at a hair metal concert. That's what I want. Like, a band gets a hold of Annabelle, but Miranda Otto is in the band, but then the hot nun is the manager, but she's still a nun. Hmm? I, see. <laughs> I see. You might have to kick and they're like this one. Why does this concert have so many rocking chairs? Like, I... <laughs> yeah, they replaced Annabelle's all gay. the theater seating with rocking chairs. Yeah, it's all rocking chairs. <laughs> yeah. I That's feel, I, I mean, see. not to, not to, you know, pop any balloons or dash any hopes, but I feel like Annabelle creation is as good as it's going to get. I think so, too. I do really like, I don't know. I really like that one, though. I have to say, I really like it. Yeah, I think it's fine. It's got its moments, for sure. There are, there are some creepy parts in it. Yeah. Like that scene when not Gal Gadot and the other one. <laughs> are, um, are, have that sheet over them 
yeah. then there's the little bell lady in the background. It's really scary. Or like yeah. when the sh- even the so CGI part that I thought I wouldn't be into. Like when Annabelle is allegedly walking out of that closet with the sheet ghost on her, and then the the sheet comes off and there's nothing underneath. That, that spooked me out. You know? Yeah. I think that's um, that's that's the height. I think. Yeah, I, I, but in the, I mean, just, I don't know. I think also it's the, the, that one, like this, the first Annabelle was directed by some hack. The third one was directed by the writer of all the Annabelles. That was his first thing uh, directing. And then, but the, the second Annabelle was from the director of Lights Out and like the movie of Lights Out was terrible, but I've seen his other shorts and he is, he has skill as a filmmaker and he understands suspense. Mm -hmm. Um, Even if it didn't come through in the Lights Out movie. But, like, I thought he did a good job with the... F- it was, like, he created a sense of the era. He created... Um, there were some fun relationships between the characters. Um, I do have to say, though, be- re-watching the bits that I did see before I fell asleep, the two main little girls in that Annabelle creation movie, absolutely... Gay. Yes, right? They're absolutely <laughs> yeah. gay kids. Yeah, for sure. Linda and Janice, and they sit together, and she's like, you know, my mm-hmm. favorite thing about the doll is she looks just like you. And then she, like, mm-hmm. does a little, like, a little cheek cheek pinch right next to her lips, because she's totally, like, her prison girlfriend, but her orphanage <laughs> girlfriend. That's true. And it's like, they then the other girls all choose room that room together for all four of them and they're like well where will the two of us sleep so they make the leses go into their own room their own haunted bed bunk bed of their own yep you know little gay kids and that's why it's so sad like you invest in them because there's these little these two little gay girls and one of them gets possessed by a demon the other one just has to leave her friend and they made a pact to always be together Mm -hmm. i like it also lulu wilson who played linda the one that doesn't get possessed and turn into annabelle before she becomes a hippie (laughs) <laughs> uh, because it is a prequel that immediately ties into the and ends with the beginning of the first one um, she's fantastic she's so good in I really want to rewatch Ouija Origin of Evil which I thought had no right to be as good as it was I was really entertained by that movie mm-hmm. but um, she's great I love yeah. her so I don't know I like I re- and also Hot Nun she's good yeah. <laughs> I like the second one yeah the second really, one's a decent movie I really do like Annabelle Creation I just want everything to be Annabelle Creation I want a sequel to Annabelle Creation that is at a concert <laughs> like take that exact director and vibe and place it in like an 80s concert Annabelle in the 1980s at a concert <laughs> or Annabelle in a nursing home now now you're talking. Like the old people are like, she's so beautiful. Yeah, they'll be like, somebody will dump that doll off on grandma and be like, you want to give this hideous doll to grandma? Grandma's blind. She won't know. And so you <laughs> give grandma the blood, the doll. And then grandma touches the doll's face and she's like, what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah. And then then it's all built in. Everyone knows why there's rocking chairs everywhere because old people exactly. love them. That's you right. Can s- Still have macrame and colored glass everywhere and bells. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Fingers crossed, I guess. Miranda Otto could be the like nurse, like um, ratchet, <laughs> but with her Phantom of the Opera mask and kind of like how because you know her legs got ripped off in the end of Annabelle Creation, they could bring her back like how they brought back Darth Maul and she has robot legs. It's all doable. It sounds... Stacy. we could do that. It sounds very likely, in fact. We could cross it over with Grammy. Like, it could be everything. 
Annabelle versus Grammy. <laughs> That's Wouldn't the they... Freddie and Jason we all deserved. Wouldn't they work together? Yeah. Eventually. They'd be like uh, they'd be like Master Blaster. It'd be so cool. <laughs> well, fingers crossed. All I'm saying is a girl can dream. <laughs> a girl can dream. Hopefully, you know, while I don't know that we need any more of these movies, it's a shame that it went out on such a big fart. Yeah, because I don't know. The first one was so bad. Everyone was surprised by how passable the second one was. <laughs> yeah. And I do genuinely like it. Um, and then the third one is just like such a, it's not even an Annabelle movie. Like she's barely in it. And that's the biggest insult of it all. Right. Annabelle just becomes a means to to James Wan's coffers. <laughs> I oh. say no thank you. Yeah, I agree. I don't know. Yeah. Boo. So. Wow. We did it. Yeah. We, <laughs> we it's did it. it's done. It's over. <laughs> Stacy, do you still love Annabelle though? Like as our icon? I do. I just or are I'm going to I'm going to have to all this toxicity. I'm going to have to take some time to get back there, I think, just because I I do have uh I have so much else going on this month and i just feel like that movie deliberately wasted two hours of it yeah that i get that that's fair that's so i just i think i'll have to come back to the love of her but i'll come back give it like give it a year or two and then revisit the second one say hi to that hot nun (laughs) right (laughs) you know let's hear it for the hot clergy these days yeah, no kidding, right? Like, between Hot Nun and Annabelle and Hot Priest and Fleabag, it's like, God, why haven't I converted yet? Yeah. <laughs> it's not too late. Baptize me. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> um, okay, on that note, uh, Stacey, do we have a listener question today? Of course Here in this we do. middle of Spooktober. Who would have guessed? But yes, indeed, we do. Uh, and the question comes from Drew, who asks, which horror movies and franchises would you like to see go to or return to the near final frontier of space? Oh. <laughs> I mean, I take it back. I don't, I a rock concert in space with rocking chairs. <laughs> Annabelle in space would be amazing. It really would. That's like, that's actually the natural. That's where you have to take this series next. Like, bring it back. Yeah. Oh, I just, I can't spend any time on the International Space Station without my hideous doll. (laughs) Imagine her floating by. (laughs) Annabelle in zero gravity. Oh my God, she's just floating by it. It's just all shots of her just spinning around. (laughs) (laughs) They still have macrame and rocking chairs, but also like Tang. It would be so good. (laughs) They have to strap her to the rocking chair so it doesn't float away. (sighs) Oh, I would love to see Annabelle in space. Yeah. I mean, I think that's my number one answer. Yeah. Annabelle. Just because it's so ridiculous. That seems like the only fair way to return. Also, how would she get there? Yeah, an astronaut just brings her. An astronaut would have to bring her. Like, <laughs> we're allowed 
have to bring one item from home that means something to us. I'm bringing my giant ugly haunted doll. (laughs) (laughs) Or it's some shitty family and they're moving into like the lunar colony and they're like... I know we miss all your friends back on Earth, Rebecca, but at least you have your doll. <laughs> Annabelle X. Yeah. <laughs> and she gets cybernetic implants <laughs> that just blink and light up. They still don't do anything. <sighs> she could have like predator hair. Oh my God. It'd be so cool. <laughs> She could mostly come out at night. Yeah, mostly. Mostly. <laughs> okay, James Wan. I yeah, know I talked please. a lot of shit, but uh, yeah. give give this to us. Yeah, please let us handle it. It'll be better than Annabelle Comes Home, I promise. Gary Doberman does not have any, 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 any of it compared to, to this artistic vision. <laughs> Annabelle X. Oh my god, it'd be so good. They could have a rock concert in space, too. It could be amazing. (laughs) They sure could. Oh my god. I love Annabelle again. (laughs) She can do anything. Now she's an astronaut. (laughs) See, this is like the Barbie we've always needed. That's true. Like, Uh. ugly, lazy Barbie. (laughs) (laughs) She's an astronaut. Uh. She's in space. Uh. Wow. I mean, what else, you know? (laughs) Are there other movies you want to see go to space, or is Annabelle just it? (laughs) The only one I could think of... um... Because I'm like, well, what have I seen that takes place in space, right? Like, Leprechaun in space... Friday the 13th in space. I've never seen the Hellraiser in space. Oh, you haven't seen that? The fourth one? No. It's actually, I liked it. It's, yeah, it's just part of it is in space. Mm. Never seen it. So I'm like, I mean, I don't need Michael Myers in space. You know what I mean? Yeah, what would happen? Yeah, what would happen? (laughs) Laurie Strode rolls by (laughs) in zero count. She's like, the keys, the keys, as they, like, float just out of reach. (laughs) The keys to the mirror space station. (laughs) (sighs) Okay, maybe now I do want that. Oh, my God. Kyle Richards and... (laughs) And Lori Stroder, astronaut. He'll Damn never find fight. me up. He'll never find me up here. David Gordon Green, call us. We can fix all of your franchises. <laughs> you just need animatronic grandmas in space. There's That's a all way. You need. There's That's a way to make these perfect movies. Yeah. So the only other franchise <sighs> that I was like, ooh. I don't even know what it would be exactly, but I like the possibilities. Would be um, <laughs> Amityville in space. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
And I don't know what that would be. It would just be like, oh, here we are. I'm really into this lunar colony idea, obviously. But, you know, here we are in the lunar colony. Glad I brought this item from our Long Island home. And so just amity bullshit would happen in space. But That'd be fantastic. Yeah, I just want more stupid Amityville movies. Well, and Amityville, it would really fit with Amityville. Like, yes. to just put it in space next. There's, what, 3,000 movies at this point. I'm shocked none of them have gone. They've gone found footage. I'm shocked they uh, haven't gone to space. They've gone 3D. They've mm-hmm. gone floor lamp. <laughs> Why not space? <laughs> Why not space? So, I don't know. Good answer. Good answer. Yeah. Huh. Okay. I've I've got two. Oh. I've got two. Um... One of them is is Annabelle adjacent, but a little bit more active than passive, my passive uh, femme queen. But I would love to see Chucky in space. Mm. Like, I think Don Mancini could pull it off. I think it'd be hilarious. Chucky and Tiffany go to space. <laughs> like, Because, uh, <laughs> you know, he wrote a script for Chucky Goes Hawaiian, where it was oh like a God. Hawaiian surf musical with Chucky and Tiffany. Oh and the God. family takes a vacation in Hawaii. But he was like, that's his script that he's like famously probably will never produce. But that is a script that he does have. <laughs> and so oh, I'm wow. like, if, if say the Child's Play series doesn't pan out and he goes back to making the direct to, to, to DVD home release sequels, then do Chucky Goes Hawaiian. And then after that, go Chucky Goes to Space. It'd be so good. Right. I fully, I fully embrace it. Um, mm-hmm. Tiffany could have, like, a whole gravity moment where she's, like, fling, flying around backwards and she has to catch George Clooney to kill him. Like, it'd be so good. So, <laughs> um, so I got that. And then my other answer is actually, like, sincere, though. This is, like, a lifelong thing. Well, not lifelong, but, like, four, oh. a four years long or however long it's been now that I've been screaming about this. Man, just fucking make Alien 5. Oh. Oh, well. Yeah. I want it so bad. Like, what would it be? Did you never see the whole? It was greenlit. It was going to happen, and then um, it was. So it was. It was. Who was it? That he's not. That I just knew Neil Blomkamp was going to do it, but that's all I knew. So Neil Blomkamp was. He got it. Got greenlit. These like amazing production design sketches came out where it was like Ripley and Xenomorph armor and like. Hudson and or no Hicks wait which one is Michael Bean Hicks Hicks yeah Hudson was um uh R.I.P. yeah Bill Paxton um so it was like Hicks comes back Newt comes back it was gonna be an alternate timeline sequel to Aliens oh where they just they they disregard like sort of like Halloween H2O or New Halloween H4O they disregard Aliens, Alien 3 and Resurrection, although I do think Resurrection is the best film in the series. Legit think that. But like, wow. <laughs> well, for different reasons. I really enjoy it for what for what it is. But um they 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 go they there is basically their cryopod lands somewhere. And then the a whole new alien adventure happens with Ripley, with Hicks and with Newt. And like, I want to see that so bad. I want to see Sigourney Weaver back as Ellen Ripley. I want to see Hicks back. I would even, I'm happy to see Newt back so she can say Moosley again. Like, (laughs) 
It was gonna happen. It was greenlit. It was going into production. And then fucking Ridley Scott goes, you know what? I need to continue to ruin everybody's lives by making a sequel to Prometheus. I need to make Alien Covenant and and tell the tell the backstory of how a ship landed on a moon so that everyone knows the answer because fans need to know how a ship landed on a moon. <laughs> and then, and that movie was a giant fucking piece of shit and it sucked and it was terrible. And they, they canceled alien five because they were so excited for this prestige film of alien covenant that ended up just being like a terrible retread slasher wannabe. Hmm. So I see. I don't know. I keep hearing that it might come back and now like James Cameron is interested in like doing something now that he's just going to be retreading everything he had ever done professionally with a new Terminator dark. How is she, <laughs> how is she not a lesbian? Um, so I'm just just bring back Alien 5, man. Bring back Ripley. Bring back Hicks. Like just the idea of having a seven year old Sigourney Weaver and Michael Bean, however old he is today and new and just bringing them back to star in a movie and not some CW actors like an alien covenant, just fighting xenomorphs and an alien queen. Right. That'd be cool. It would be so cool. Like as much as I'm over retreads and reboots and like not letting anything die. That's one that I'm like, I want this. I have earned this. (laughs) Ellen Ripley is my everything. (sighs) Bring it back. Uh, I guess we'll have another show next week. We will. Halloween marches ever forward. Um, and please, y'all do. If you want a little trick or treat, uh, come trick or treat on our iTunes reviews. Uh. <laughs> and you, you can That's rate. Terrible. Shut up. I quit. <laughs> <laughs> they can't all be gems. It's fine. They can't. You know. <laughs> We watched an awful movie. We didn't we did. even watch the other two movies. <laughs> it's a bad movie. I shouldn't even publish this episode. Like, this should just be the one that's hidden away. This is lost to time. This is the one that we, Virginia Woolf, put in our lockbox and bury. That's, that's right. This is, we put it behind our Pope glass <laughs> and say, positively, do not listen. <laughs> the evil is contained. Yeah. <laughs> well everyone rate and review the show uh you can leave us facebook reviews you can follow us on instagram at gaylords of darkness you can follow us on twitter at gaylords of d you can find us on facebook at gaylords of darkness imagine that go figure yeah and pretty soon we're gonna have bumper stickers for you suspiria bumper stickers we're gonna have a suspiria zine and we're gonna have um a few other surprises that i'm really excited for and that i just i just got in person they just showed up stacy i'm so excited to see them i know i can't wait i can't wait to announce it and show people what we have coming up yeah yay so so at the very least we have that that's true we have merchandise that people can purchase from us capitalism wait what were we railing against and now that's all we have left (laughs) (laughs) stacy it turns out we're the monsters oh my god george romero what are you doing here (laughs) i gotta go Wow, for a haunted tome made out of skin, it's so loosely structured. 
yet informative. I know, right? Uh, is it over? It's glowing and spinning on its own, so I'm going to guess yes. Ah, oh, oh, my God. God. oh my God. Oh my God. Tune in next time for more Gators of Ha <laughs> ha